Welcome to the Junk Refund Show, hosted by Alan J. Cook, founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. Have you ever paid those expensive junk removal companies to take away some of your stuff? Only to say to yourself, as a truck drives off down the street, some of that stuff wasn't junk. Did they try to sell it for you and give you some money back? No. Well, now there is a company that can do just that. Listen to our weekly junk refund show on BBS Radio TV to learn how one lady spent $375 on junk removal and got $3,200 back. 1-800-JUNK-REFUND represents the next generation of junk removal. Learn how to not only save your money on junk removal, but how to get some money coming back. Plus, purchase one of our radio vouchers during the show to save even more on your junk removal. Let's get the junk out of your home and out of your life. Now, with your host... Alan J. Cook. Hello, everybody, and happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas a few days late, and happy New Year a few days early. I am coming to you live from the cab of an Enterprise rental truck. Shout out to the great folks at Enterprise who are doing, they just do a great job when we need extra trucks for various jobs or whatever. Those guys come through like champions every time. Great rates, great trucks, good to work with the whole nine yards. So I am down uh, coming from kind of the Arlington, Virginia area up through D.C. and was hoping to take the freeway west to go out to the Beltway, another freeway to go north to go back towards where I live in the Bethesda area. But there's a big accident on Highway 66 which is a freeway, the main exit going west out of Washington, and all lanes are closed. So thank God you're not in Washington right now trying to get into northern Virginia. You're going to be sitting there for a while. It's the main thoroughfare. All the lanes are closed, so I am making my way through the side streets in northern Virginia trying to skip all the traffic and not get in an accident while I do this radio show while I'm driving. Anyway, I hope you had a wonderful holiday. Mine has been kind of different than than many I've had in the past. I was a little bit sick about two weeks ago, and it's one of those congestion things where the best thing you can do is just take it easy and lay low, and so I did that, and that felt great. And uh, today is actually the first day I've been back out running around doing some stuff. So I thought I would just kind of dedicate the show today towards the idea of some of the stuff that we sell and just how it works. And uh, it's one of the main differentiators between our business and all the other junk removal companies out there. And uh, it's a pretty, it's, it's one of the funnest things we do is to watch people come and buy someone else's junk, which is exactly what happens. A um, couple of stories, and I'll, I'm going to give you a bunch of stories here while I kind of make my way through town without looking at the GPS, uh, but I've done this before, so I think we'll be fine. Um, I have, uh, actually, I saw during the holidays, 
one of the holiday shows, and I can't tell you which one it was. I don't know if it was one of the Santa Claus shows or some other show that I just happened to tune in and see. I can't remember. It was kind of a modern-day Christmas show of some kind. Um, and in that show, a lady is given a gift on Christmas, and it is, it is, a, it is a mystery date boxed-up game. Now, I think that game goes back into, like, the 70s and 80s, I think. I can't remember for sure, but I think that's about right. And when I saw that on the screen, I went, wait a minute, that looks familiar. And sure enough, in my truck from a job we did a couple of weeks ago, I have a mystery date game still wrapped in its original wrapping, unopened, pristine condition. I have it in the truck because I wanted to check and just see if that's worth something and if it's worth taking the time to put it up for sale. When I saw it on this on this movie, I just got a big I got the biggest kick out of it. I thought, oh, that is the coolest thing in the world. So I've got one brand new, still in the original wrapping mystery date game that uh, I guess is up for sale. If somebody wants to buy it, feel free to contact me. I have no idea what it's worth. If you're listening to the show and you want to find out what it's worth and call in and tell me, I would love that. 888-627-6008. Again, it's 888-627-6008. An original mystery date game from I'm not sure how long ago, decades ago. I've got one of those. So anyway, that's something that is in the hopper right now that we haven't turned into cash. But we have a good a good backlog of stuff we have turned into cash. Um we did a, a job a couple of weeks ago for a guy who's, he and his brother own a condominium in Montgomery Village, Maryland, and the brother went into assisted living. These guys are probably in their 60s, I'm guessing. The brother went into assisted living a few months back, and so the other brothers, a friend of mine, called me and said, hey, we got to get get this cleaned out and we want to put it on the market, etc." So we went in and cleaned it out. In the process of cleaning it out, we came across some jewelry, some high school rings and the watch and some other stuff that was kind of left behind back in the master bedroom. We took that down to a jeweler and sold it for $640. I then went back to my buddy, the brother, and I said, hey, you understand that if we sell something out of here, you get some money, right? He goes, yeah. And he said, yeah, 35%. I went, yep, that's exactly right. I said, well, hold out your hands. And I started dishing out $100 bills to him. He got 35% of $640, which is $224, if I remember right. I think I gave him $225. And he was a satisfied customer before he got any money back. And he even said that. We made a video of this. It's up on our YouTube channel, um, 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. He was satisfied already. Now he's got a couple of hundred bucks extra. And ironically, just before I gave him that money, after coming back from the jeweler, just before giving him that money, he was saying on the steps of the condominium, man, it would be nice to have a couple of hundred, to have a little, a little bit extra money right now. 
Well, little did he know, he was about to get it, and he was thrilled. So anyway, that video is up on our YouTube channel, 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, and uh, feel free to subscribe to the channel. We keep putting stories, videos up there of the jobs we do, and uh, we love to videotape people who just uh, had us clean out their house or whatever and just get their thoughts on how everything went. So there's a good story, for you, a good jewelry story for you. If you come across some jewelry um, and you're, and you're going to be cleaning a house out or whatever, it's worth paying the $10 or so at a local grocery store to buy a, a nice magnifying glass. When you do that, Look on the inside of the rings and the jewelry and the clasps and look for anything that says, that has the letter K in it, uh, 10K, 14K, 24K, stands for 24 karat gold. You're looking for that K symbol and the number that's right in front of it. If you see anything like that, you've got gold and take it down to the local jeweler and they will give you a few bucks for it, depending on what it is and what the concentration of gold is, it's a quick way to make some money. You have to understand, we will go in in uh, you know, a couple of hours and fill up a 12-foot box truck full of junk and charge about 700 bucks for it. And yet I can walk into a jewelry store with five or six things in my hand and in 10 minutes walk out with $640, basically the same amount of stuff. No lifting involved, no truck involved, but still, it's a it's a great way to make some quick money rather than take that and throw it away. I think a lot of the other junk removal companies, I can't speak for them, of course, but this is just a guess, either take that stuff and the drivers or the laborers or whatever just take it home and go, hey, Merry Christmas to me. Or they might go sell it and keep the money, but nobody sells it and gives the money back to the guy whose jewelry it was, except yours truly. And again, that's one of the things that sets us apart. So I'm looking here as I'm I'm at a stoplight in McLean, Virginia. I'm doing fine here, making my way home on the side streets. Um, I am uh, looking at just photos that we've taken recently of stuff that we've sold and the stories that go along with it. In this same house, the brother's house from a couple weeks ago, they had a couple of uh, old instruments in their cases that were still in the master bedroom closet. One was a flute. I'm going to say it's like a Gilleanham. It's a long German name, I think. That's the G. Something like Gilleanham flute. And there was a small piccolo in with the flute. Uh, which is a little unusual, but we kind of got two for the price of one. We, we ended up selling that. It was an older one. It was not in the best of shape. We only sold it for about 50 bucks. We asked 100 but a nice lady drove over and said, hey, can I have it for 50 And I went, yeah, you can. So our same two brothers get 35% of that, which I think is about 17 bucks. So we sold the flute. And yesterday, I sold another musical instrument. It was an old clarinet, and this one was, you know, played by the brother probably 30 years ago when he was in high school, maybe 40 years ago. So it's an old one. It's kind of fall.
Tobias speaks Portuguese. Really nice guy. I speak a little bit of Spanish. My Spanish is growing, but I it's it's not but I um, I I asked him I asked him in Spanish where he's from, but if that didn't work, but he's from Brazil, southern part of Brazil, and he wanted to learn to play a clarinet, and now he had one for cheap. So he was excited. He had. I guess family members that are with him over the holidays were with him, and they were kind of taking care of the translation and stuff. But I took a picture of him holding his new clarinet, and he was it was like Christmas morning. I mean, all over again. It's so exciting to see people get excited about buying something that otherwise would have gone to a landfill. It's a win for everybody. The person who buys it generally gets it at a good price. You know how people are in the aftermarket, the secondary market, or used furniture or whatever. You ask $200, and they offer you 100 And that's just what happens. Um, and hopefully you sell it for 150 or something. So these buyers are always excited because they were able to get something at a good price, much less than if they bought it new. The person that hired us is excited because they get some extra money back because we took the time to sell something instead of losing it. I'm excited because not only did I get it paid to do the junk removal job, but now I've got some bonus money, some extra money coming in, which is our percentage of the sale because we did all the work. And the landfill even wins because they get less stuff going into a landfill that really shouldn't go into a landfill. So it's a similar, it's just a simple situation where everybody wins, and it and it works out terrifically for everybody involved. Um, another guy also this week, uh, we cleaned out a house in Herndon, Virginia, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we did a special where you get up to five truckloads of stuff. By the way, I'm just passing the CIA at Langley, Virginia. Um, you never want to pull into that place unless you're, you know, in the right kind of vehicle or whatever. But um, they've pretty tight security, but I just drove past it. So, uh, and you'll hear about it. You'll see that movie about you know, Langley and CIA being there. I just drove by it. Um, so they got a house in Herndon, Virginia, a couple of weeks ago, in the garage. Very nice guy named Hayden, referred by his realtor. Um, he cleaned out the house, and in the garage, there was a very nice craftsman red on wheel tool chest. It had like a dozen drawers in it, and it was in terrific shape. A regular tool chest, uh, kind of the bottom half, and the top half was a more of a, a standard toolbox size thing. And there were lots of tools in those drawers including full ratchet sets, and I'm not talking inexpensive. I'm talking expensive ratchet sets, lots of screwdrivers and tape measures, etc. But mostly a lot of ratchet wrenches and ratchet sets, which themselves can be worth hundreds of dollars. We asked $500 for 
for the tool set, but for everything, the tool, tool set, the tool box. Uh, in great shape, really nice looking, bottom wheels and whatever the bottom has. That's a good deal. And some of those tool chests, just the chest, can sell for a thousand bucks or more, depending on how big it is and uh, what kind of shape it's in, etc. Well, we asked five hundred dollars for it. I may have asked a thousand dollars originally, but I don't think so. I think I asked five hundred originally. Guy comes over with his pickup truck, and he does a lot of work with motorcycles. He bought it for three hundred bucks and started emptying the drawers because he had to put the chest in the back of the pickup truck, lay it down flat, start emptying the drawers, and uh, he's just putting all these tools in buckets that he brought with him. But he only had two buckets. He needed a third one, so I gave him an extra one that I had in the truck. And he empties the drawers. I help him put the toolbox in the back of his truck, and he drives away, brand-new tool chest, toolbox, plus all the tools that were in it, for much less than what he would have paid retail had he bought it retail. So, again, a big win. The AJ gets a third of that money, which I think is around 110 bucks or something, um, and everybody comes away a winner, especially the guy who walked off with the tool chest. He was thrilled. Um, another story. All, these have all happened, like, in the last week. That same house in Honda was uh, owned by some folks that were Indian or from India, is my guess. And in that house, there were, some, I'm going to call them vases, um, large pottery vases. One of those, the middle piece, stood about two and a half feet high. Big, big kind of ornate vase with a lid on it. And then there were kind of uh, skinnier maybe 18 inches high, uh, I'm going to call them pictures, but that's the description I can give you, that matched the base that sat next to it, we sold that set for 100 bucks. We, we put it in the trunk, and frankly, I was thrilled, as much as we try to protect ourselves, I was thrilled that it didn't get busted up as it's driving around in the truck on its way to a storage unit so we can set it aside there. But we sold that for, I think it was 100 bucks. I think it's what we sold for. And again, I love to take pictures of people buying this stuff with big smiles on their faces and holding their thumb up, you know, and posting it on our website and on our Facebook page and other things. So, and I've got more stories for you. That, those are some that just happened in the last couple of weeks. So we're talking about refunds. Our company is 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. The idea that not all junk is junk, and you can actually make some money if you hire us to clean out your stuff, because we look for the good stuff, and if we think someone might buy it, we put it up for sale. If it sells, everybody gets money back, including you. So we'll take a break for a minute. We'll come back with some more stories. I am just now getting on 495, the Beltway, which takes me across the Potomac River and into Maryland. And yes, it's backed up. So I'll probably make it home safe. You're listening to Junk Refund Show. This is your host, Alan Cook, on bbsradio.com. We'll be back in just a minute. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? 
especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. You gotta love that voice. That's our producer, Don Newsom, who just does a great job. He and his brother Doug are the founders of BBSRadio.com. BBS Radio and TV. Um, you can listen to the show live on BBS Radio, like BoyBoyScoutRadio.com. And we'd love to have you on and tell your friends about it. We're having some fun with it. Um, kind of musical instrument week. I've got another story for you. This one, uh, I think this happened on Tuesday. Um, another home that we clean in. In fact, we did a home in, in Herndon, Virginia. Some folks that uh, from, uh, from India lived there. It had some really nice stuff. And then we did a place in Maryland for a couple of brothers um, who were cleaning out uh, a condominium there, uh, kind of a large condominium, had a lot of room in it. And in both of those jobs, we ended up getting getting the same flute for sale. One of them was a little bit older and had a piccolo in it. The other one was newer and was just the flute, but neither of these had been played in a while, and I have no idea what the history of them is, because I never owned them. I just put them up for sale. So this wonderful lady, young lady, comes down and meets us at another job we're doing, and I give her the flute, and she pulls it out and starts playing it in the parking lot. It was kind of cool watching it. Starts playing it in the parking lot. She goes, yep, I love it. And she bought it for 100 bucks. So I'm, as I'm carefully making my way on the beltway right now, I'm looking at her photo in my phone, of her playing the flute at the site where we were, and she was, frankly, thrilled. Yeah, it worked out really well for her and for everybody else. Um, let me give you some others here. Huh? Bear with me. As I, we've got a bunch of tools that are still, that are brand new, that have not been touched, that are up for sale. Um, here's the deal. We've got some Nissan, a set of four Nissan uh, wheels. These are aluminum, I guess it's aluminum alloy wheels, brand new, still in the box, listed for sale for $1,500, we dropped it to $1,000, uh, still out there, but we've had those, and we're keeping keeping those babies clean, literally brand new, still in the box, uh, for a set of four alloy wheels. I had a set of tires from a friend of mine that owns a Tesla, he changed the tires and the wheels on it uh, a few years after owning it, and he kept those in his garage. This was about a year ago. So we went over and hauled those away, but the tires still had lots of tread on them, and the wheels looked great, and they're for a Tesla, right? So we 
put that set of four wheels and tires up for sale. And get this, a guy from Ohio, I'm in Maryland, right? A guy from Ohio buys those tires for 1500 bucks, which is the price we are asking, and drives to Maryland, pulling a trailer. He's picking up some other stuff, I guess, along the way, and picks those babies up and turns around on a, like, Friday afternoon and drives back to Ohio. So you just never know what can happen. It's kind of fun when you put it out for sale and then, you know, you never know what people are going to do and what will happen that way. But we have sold, you know, gun safes that are like six feet high and they weigh like a million pounds. We have sold those. I mean, they're literally upright, rectangular boxes. And like what they call like like an English, you know, phone booth almost. I mean, it's just an upright metal safe, very, very heavy. And to get it on the truck, we actually grabbed a couple of extra guys in the parking lot of the condominium where we were, and four of us, maybe even five of us, actually got it out of the house and up on the truck. We sold it to a spa owner in San Diego who bought the gun safe for like a thousand bucks and paid nine hundred bucks to get it shipped to San Diego. So hey, you never know what people will do and I apparently that was worth it. It's still a good deal for him. Um, and we were thrilled. So we're having some fun and this whole concept of not all junk is junk is is real and it's and you see that in our business as you go from job to job, there's a lot of stuff that, for whatever reason, people can't take with them. And so we try to get some value out of it and make some money out of it for everybody. We've got three sets of China right now for sale. We have sold sets of China for about 300 bucks for a good set. If you're looking for China... And you turn the plate over and you look on the back. If it says that it's made in China or Japan, that means, as a general rule, there's a lot of it, which means you're not going to hit a home run on the price. But these China sets are still popular, and especially if someone's you know put it in a China cabinet and protected it, then you could you do pretty well with it. If you look on the back of the plate for the cup and it says England or Germany or Luxembourg, et cetera, or Portugal or whatever, then you've got something even a little more rare. It'll probably sell for even more. So this is a general rule. There's lots of China made in Japan and China. But still, if you have complete sets and if they're in good shape, they can sell for hundreds of dollars. Individual pieces, not so much the basic plates, but like the gravy bowls, and other kind of bowls and whatever, those can sell for more. Those are a little tougher to find. Even the teacups, sometimes they're so fragile, sometimes they can break, and somebody will pay a premium to replace a teacup that they had in an original set. If you've got the same style and floral design and whatever, you can make some money that way. But anyway, we've got three sets of china up for sale right now. Um, Something that hasn't sold, we, we got this a few months ago, and I've held on to it just because it's kind of unique. Um, we did a job up in 
Pennsylvania. And I can't tell you what city because I don't remember. But we cleaned out a storage unit up there. And in that storage unit, somebody many years ago, back in the 80s and 90s, collected the little, um, what, the, what do we call them, the Happy Meal toys that you get at McDonald's. And they literally had cases and bins of these toys still in their packages, you know, still wrapped up and whatever, unopened. So we haven't sold those yet. Maybe we won't sell them. We started, but, but you know, it's the perfect kind of thing for somebody that wants to do a McDonald's Christmas tree. I mean, that's, that's vintage stuff and kind of fun. So we still got that. We haven't sold that yet. We tried to sell it for like, I don't know, hundreds of dollars. No takers. So that's okay. If it doesn't work, we just lower the price and keep moving forward. We sold from, again, the same house in, uh, in Herndon, Virginia. They had a dining room table and four chairs set, which we sold for a couple of hundred bucks. We probably undersold that one. We were asking more. We had a lot of interest in it, but we didn't get a lot of offers for it. But we may have let it go too cheaply because somebody saw the listing and contacted us and said, hey, I think that's Danish furniture. I think those chairs are Danish furniture. And be that as it may, a couple of those chairs had some, some obvious stains on them. And that, of course, drops the value a little bit. So we were a little concerned about that. But on the plus side, uh, a friend brought over his SUV and basically folded up the table and took the chairs, got it on the back of the SUV, and drove off and was happy as, as can be. He may have turned around and listed it right back for sale a week later on, like, Facebook Marketplace for 1200 bucks. for all I know. I don't know. But at least the point is you get it sold. It doesn't go to a landfill. If we donate it, you get donation receipts, but if you sell it, you get cash or PayPal or whatever. But at least we're trying to uh, get some value out of this stuff and give it back to people. Um, quick story that I think I mentioned, you know, sometime in months past on the show, but it bears repeating. A friend of mine, a realtor, who was up in his, like, 80s at the time, was moving from his nice home in Bethesda into an apartment complex with his wife uh, in Chevy Chase, Maryland. And he contacted us and had a couple of cool things. One of the things he said to me when we went to his place, he said, you don't, I said, what's behind this door? He said, oh, that's just the garage. You don't need to worry about that. We're going to do a garage sale this weekend for some of the stuff in there. And I said, well, let me just take a look at it just for fun. And so he got in there and, uh, said okay that's fine so i opened the door and the first thing i saw was a card table in the back of the garage with a bunch of magazines sitting on the card table uh, it just kind of caught my eye and i thought oh that's, i mean there are a lot of magazines and it was the same magazine these were life magazines and i asked the guy i said what are those he goes, oh those are just some life magazines he said my mom collected them and i'm doing some quick math going okay you're 80 ish your mom's more than that, and those magazines have got to be old. They were magazines from the 1930s and 40s, basically World War II period. And I said, you know what, let me, let me just play with these. I'm, I, this is kind of cool. I'm going to see what we can sell these for if it's okay with you. And I kind of thought, okay, on a Saturday morning, 
what is somebody going to pay for these magazines at a yard sale in Bethesda, Maryland, where there's a, there's a few bucks here, obviously. But what are they going to pay at a garage sale for a bunch of old magazines? 20 bucks, 50 bucks, maybe 100 bucks? I don't know. So I, I just kind of thought 50 or 100 bucks, maybe. And then they got to tote all these magazines off. And then, you know, with the Internet, you don't really need the old magazine, right? You can look up just about anything you want on the Internet. But still, these were pretty cool, and they were in decent shape. And it was just kind of fun to kind of scan through and look at them. One of those magazines had Ted Williams, baseball player, on the cover in his rookie year. Others of them had, you know, photos from World War II. Um, and, and the magazines covered about a 15-year period, basically during World War II. So I, I got them, put them up for sale on eBay for like 1500 bucks for the collection. And the great thing about selling this stuff is you can price it high. If it doesn't work, no big deal. You just come back later and drop the price, right? Not a big deal. So I put it on sale on for 1500 bucks, and within about seven hours, a guy in Pennsylvania bought it for 1500 bucks using the Buy It Now feature. Um, that was frankly exciting. And he then paid me, I think it's two or three hundred bucks extra to drive it like four hours north to deliver them to him in Pennsylvania. So I put these things in my car. The car, by the way, 1976 Chevy Nova, yellow, thrown away at a hauling job. We had it, we had it repainted yellow, put some good-looking tires on it and stuff, fixed it up a little bit. 1976 is the year I graduated from high school, and this car had, I don't know, 50 or 60,000 miles on it. I've got my hands on probably 10 different cars through the years with this job, and I actually kept the Nova. I still have the Nova. Um, and it was just sitting under a, a, a patio, basically, or under a, a uh, what, canopy over the patio, uh, the garage, I guess is a better word to say it. And the lady just looked at me when we were there. This was a car that I guess belonged to her dad or her mom or something. And she said, hey, can you just take the car, too? And I said, yeah. I said, we, you know, we got to charge you like 100 bucks or a couple hundred bucks or something. we got to figure out what to do with it and where to put it, whatever. But, yeah, we can take it. Great. Take it, will you? And we did. I hopped in that car, took off to Pennsylvania with dozens of Life magazines. There, I, there may have been as many as 300 Life magazines. I can't remember for sure. Somehow that number stands out in my mind. But I went up to Pennsylvania, found the guy met him at a storage facility, and I said, now, i got to ask you, what prompted you to buy these so quickly? He said, you know what? My dad was injured in World War II and later died as a result of his injury. And he said, I've always wanted to write a book on the effects of World War II injuries in families. And when I saw your magazines for sale, I thought, there it is. There's all my research material in one spot. He said, I really couldn't afford, to be honest with you, he said, I couldn't afford to buy it. But I did because you're going to save me so much time that otherwise I would spend trying to do the research. Now, I don't know how much 
my buddy sold the rest of the stuff in um, his garage floor. But I'm going to guess it was less than 1500 bucks, And he got, what, six or 700 bucks, whatever it was, probably five or 600 bucks. I can't remember for sure, of that back. And he didn't have to do any of the work. And I went back to him and I said, now, this is what's happening in the junk removal business. This is what you can do these days. You can actually get your garage cleaned out. You do none of the work, and you get paid. And he loved that idea as a realtor. That one rang true to him right off the bat. He thought that was great. So sometimes you just don't know what's going to come up for sale and how much someone else is going to want it. But cool things are out there in people's homes that and businesses that um, can make you a few bucks. Speaking of businesses, we cleaned out an office in McLean, Virginia, a little while ago, and actually sold some of the file cabinets, um, one of the desks, um, the foyer chairs, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And it's just fun watching this stuff find another home. Back with the two guys in Montgomery Village, Maryland, the two brothers that had the condominium, they had a very nice kitchen table and four-chair set that was in pristine condition. It was really nice. Again, we probably sold it in the two to $300 range, but it went pretty quick. The people came over to the condominium, picked it up right there. We helped load it in their truck, and, and the guy gets his place cleaned out. It goes to another buyer. Uh, they're as happy as can be because they bought it for less than what they would have had to pay to buy it new. And he gets money, and we get money, and everybody wins. Um, you know what a baker's rack is? A baker's rack is something that stands about six feet high, typically made of metal and wood, is about three feet wide, and has shelves on it. Call the baker's rack, because it used to be the thing that people would, you know, bake a pie and set it on to cool or whatever. There tend to be uh, sitting in kitchens against the wall that can just be used for storage, for cooling off pies, for baking stuff and putting it there, whatever. Um, those baker's racks are quite popular if they're in good shape. These guys in Montgomery Village had a baker's rack in their condominium. We sold that, I think, for 100 bucks, But that sold, and that sold pretty quickly just because those things are are just pretty cool, and everybody likes them. Um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to—I have to take an exit here off the freeway. I'm kind of glad nobody's pulled me over and give me a ticket for talking into this phone while I'm driving. But don't do this at home, folks. I'm just telling you. But so far, so good. I'm going to pull off here. I'm making my way to the scrapyard so we can get rid of some chairs uh, that we just picked up down in downtown Washington. And we'll take a minute here. We'll take a break in just a second, and we'll come back. And you're listening to the Junk Refund Show, and we'll tell you about some of the stuff that hasn't sold and some other cool stories that have to do with getting refunds off of people's stuff that other companies either would have taken home or probably tossed into a landfill, but not us. 
at 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. I'm your host, Alan Cook. You're listening to bbsradio.com, the Junk Refund Show. We'll be back in about a minute, and we'll wrap up the show with some more stories for you. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. Hey, we're back at the Junk Refund Show. I'm at a stoplight. I'm at about two miles from the metal scrapyard, and we're talking about stuff that we put up for sale that has sold, and uh, even some stuff that has not sold, we'll just give you a feel for it. If, if we put something up for sale and, and we drop the price a few times and it doesn't sell, we're putting it up for sale because it's generally in good condition. And if it's in good condition and it doesn't sell, then plan B is to go donate it at Goodwill or Salvation Army or Purple Heart or et cetera, a wider circle, and donate it and get you a donation receipt so you don't have to call these donation companies, wait for a month before they can put you on their schedule, and some of them don't come in the house to get the items. You actually have to take it out to them or whatever, get it on the curb. With us, you just point to it, and we come and get it, and you're done. So we try to make it simple and easy for you um, in, the, in the whole gambit, everything from cleaning out a house to hauling the stuff away. All you got to do is just tell us what needs to go, just point to it, basically, and we will take it from there. Pretty simple process. Um, some stuff that doesn't sell generally, and people will, people will think when they figure out what we do, one of, the, one of the problems that you can have in our business when you do it the way we do it is that people think their stuff is worth a lot and it may not be worth squat. An example of that are CDs and DVDs. You know, we've hauled away massive collections of those. There were days where I would scan the barcodes on the back of these, put them in a package, ship them off, and some company that I can't even remember anymore paid me by PayPal and, and bought those. And depending on what, you know, what the barcode was and how old the CD was and whatever, sometimes they're worth a lot. Sometimes they go, no, no thanks. we got plenty of those. That was one thing I did. Lately, I'll take them into uh, the bookstore. There's a, a wonderful bookstore in Gaithersburg, Maryland, called Wonder Books, and it's a big used bookstore, and they buy books from people. So you go in there, and they don't pay a lot. You actually pull up outside, you unload the books, and they put them into one of their vans. But you're only going to get a, a, a dollar, two dollars, maybe three dollars for a box of books. So it is not a get rich quick, you know, situation. But at least they get put 
in their store and resold, obviously for more, and you get some money coming away. Now you can you can go in if they offer you say twenty dollars for ten boxes of books. At the same time, they'll turn around and offer you fifty dollars in store credit for the same books. So you'll get double to triple in store credit what you'll get in cash if you're selling books. But the nice thing you can tell a homeowner is that these books are not going to get tossed. Uh, obviously, the better the books, the hardbound copies, the cleaner the books the more you're going to get. If you walk in with a bunch of, you know, Nancy Drew mysteries that are paperbacks and are 30 years old, they'll still buy them, but you're not going to get quite as much, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, people are asking us a lot about record albums because they have kind of come back into, into play recently. Still very difficult to sell um, unless you've got some, you know, jazz records that are 45s that are really old or something. We sold a record collection one time for a guy that was way into classical music, and he had literally thousands of record albums, all classical music that he had collected over his lifetime. We did an interesting thing with this. Um, you, you scout around, and you say, okay, what is this worth? And this was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. It's been a while. But you scout around and you say, what, is it, what are these worth? And you kind of get a sense that this collection could go for maybe 10 grand or something. So you put it out there for sale, and a local guy sees it and says, I want to buy it for $6,000. And I'm going, okay, that's the first offer we had. And I've been in sales for like 40 years. And so I said, um, all right, I'll tell you what. I said, we're hoping to get more for this, but we'll sell it to you for $6,000 with one caveat. And that is that if somebody comes by in the next 30 days and wants to buy it for $10,000 or more, you've got to give it back to us and we'll pay you 2000 bucks. you get to keep. But you have to give us the records back. So he said, okay. So we sold it the first time for $6,000. And he paid us a little bit extra to drive it 30 minutes north to Frederick, Maryland, I think is where we took it. But the guy, as we advertised this on, I guess it was eBay at the time, a guy up in Boston who was a dealer who actually sold this man most of this collection, recognized the collection. And he said, I'll pay you 12 grand. And I said, deal. So I, I went back to the guy in Frederick, Maryland, and said, hey, I have good news and bad news. Uh, the good news is you just made 2000 bucks for doing nothing. The bad news is I need all the records back because I just sold them a second time. And that was a, that was a little creative. I, I got to toot my own horn on that one, I guess, a little bit. But we actually sold that collection twice. And... That worked out well. That was a good. That was a good deal as well. So, things like that can happen. You have, you know, in this case, big cool record collections of all classical music that someone else is going to be interested in. You could have some real fun with this, and we did, and it worked out really well. Um, 
here's another one is I'm just flipping through my phone, looking at the pictures of people who have purchased stuff from us recently. About a year ago, somebody threw away a snowboard in a case with bindings, ski goggles, ski cap, not the boots, but everything else. And it, and it was in decent shape. We put it up for sale. It didn't sell. I kept it in our storage unit for sale later. Just I just thought, you know, I'm not a snowboarder. I'm a skier, but I've got brothers and nephews and nieces and stuff that are snowboarders and love it. And I just thought, you know, somebody's going to buy this. It's, a, it's in good shape. I didn't really know what it was worth. And I even had a guy see the post on Facebook Marketplace and called me up and he said, hey, that is actually uh, such and such snowboard, not the brand you've listed it for. It's actually a da-da-da snowboard, and it's a good snowboard. It's probably worth X, you know. So people are nice to do that. They, you know, they'll call us up and, hey, I saw your listing. You should be selling that for a lot more. Or, ah, you've overpriced that one. That should go for less or whatever. Well, anyway, this nice, nice young guy, maybe 20-ish, 21, something like that, he contacts me says, hey, I'm looking for a snowboard. Can I come and look at it? I went, yeah. He came and looked at it, and I sold it to him. I can't remember the price. Maybe 200 bucks or something. I'm not sure. Maybe 100 bucks. I just don't remember. Maybe this was maybe four months ago. And really nice guy. Um, really appreciate the snowboard. He, t- he meets me at the storage unit, puts it in his car, takes it home, and that night, I get a text message. And the text message says, hey, I am Dan's son. And he gives me the last name of the guy. Dan was in my church group as a teenage boy when they asked me to be the bishop of the congregation for a few years. And this was his son coming to buy the snowboard. Neither Dan nor I knew that this was, you know, knew the connection was happening until it was right in front of us. So I took a picture of him, posted it on Facebook, and basically bragged about the fact that we just sold a nice snowboard to a really nice guy who is the son of a terrific set of parents. And that's just a kick in the head. I mean, that's just a lot of fun to do that and watch your, your, your buddy's son walk off with a snowboard, but otherwise would have headed to a landfill. Um, I love to get videos, like I said, of people who we just did jobs for. I'm looking at one right now. It's on our, it's on our YouTube channel at 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. A lady in McLean, Virginia, she only talks for about a minute. Um, she, I think her name's Nicole. She hired us to clean out the offices for her company as they were getting ready to move. And you know what's happening in the office uh, arena is that because of COVID, a lot of office space got abandoned and lots of people stayed home and worked. Everybody knows that, right? And so people are telecommuting and working at home, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the office space is still sitting there getting paid for, hopefully by the companies, with these nice desks and filing cabinets and chairs and credenzas and you name it in this in this vacant building so nicole hired us and we went in over the course of a couple of days at the end of november 
they were going to have, they were going to stay in this space until the end of December, but they decided to move it up 30 days. And they said, can you guys get this done by the end of November? And it turns out we had some time the last week of November to do it. So I said, yeah, we can do that. And some of the metal stuff that was not in very good shape, we took over to a scrap metal dealer. Um, other stuff we put up for sale. We had a lady come and, like I said, buy the foyer chairs that were there. Somebody else came and bought um, one of the office desks. Somebody else bought filing cabinets. And, you know, you just get a kind of a steady stream of people coming in that, that want to pick up something at a really good price. So it worked out great there. They got a great deal on the office clean-out. And we, we, we priced it. We did a Labor Day special where you get up to five truckloads of stuff hauled away, normally six ninety five of truckloads. So that comes out to about 3500 bucks. But we did it for 1973, which was the year that I entered the labor force as a dishwasher at a restaurant called Mr. Steak in Provo, Utah. So I was 15 at the time. So I, I created a Labor Day special. Uh, there's a mini lesson here about marketing, I guess, but uh, I created a special for Labor Day commemorating my beginning in the labor force when I was 15, and I made 15 of these things available for, for $1,973, where it's normally $3,500. Bucks. That's a 43% savings. But it was 1973 when I started working in the labor force. So I created that Labor Day special. I made 15 of them available. I still have three of them left. And so I thought we were going to have two more of them sold recently, but so far they haven't bought them. But I still have three of them left. That is a great deal for anybody that is looking for an office or a home clean-out. Uh, that's a good way to go because it's a big savings and everything else is the same. There's no extra costs or anything like that. It's just a, a straight-up, 43% savings, and Nicole saw this and hopped on it and bought it, and it worked out well for them. Um, I'm going to look here real quick and just for fun see what else real fast that we've got. Um, here is, oh, yeah, back to, the, back to the home in Montgomery Village. Oh, well, let me, let me tell you one other thing just real quick. We did a job for a realtor or we were supposed to do a job for a realtor a couple of months ago. And we went in and we gave him an estimate. This is a guy I've worked with for years here in the Washington area. Gave him an estimate. And he had a very nice patio set. He had a very nice oval glass coffee table. He had a very nice kitchen table with four chairs. And he had a very nice something else and I just can't remember what the something else was but he had four different pieces or sets of furniture that were really good uh, I think he had some, some large wall mirrors so I went in at the time I went over to give him the estimate I went in and took photos of this stuff and then listed it for sale and lo and behold people contacted me and started making offers on this stuff and the dining room set, the, or the kitchen table set, the, the table and four chairs, I had an offer of like $250 for it. And his wife jumped in, who I've never met, never talked to her. But he, he told me 
he said to his wife, hey, Dave, we've, we've got somebody that wants to buy this, and she wouldn't let it go for that price. And I think the wife thought she gets all the money. So the frustrating part, and this is a rarity, but it can happen, you go in with good intentions and you take the time and you photograph some stuff and you put it up for sale and you answer the calls or the emails about it, and you think you got a sale, and then the realtor called me back and said, i got to apologize. He said, my, my wife just doesn't want to let it go at that price. And I'm kind of thinking, well, you're going to have trouble selling it for higher because we've tried, and that's the market, and that's really what it's worth. But people make the mistake of saying to themselves, I paid $2,000 for that. I'm not going to sell it for 300 bucks." But they overlook the fact that furniture depreciates at 10% a year. And so you... you 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 rarely are able to get anywhere close to what you paid for some furniture. You know, I guess there's exceptions to the rule, but those are exceptions. Generally speaking, you just don't get anywhere close to what you paid for some furniture um, in the marketplace, in the aftermarketplace. So the bottom line is we listed four different things for sale for those folks and got interest and offers on all four. But when, when, and this is not an anti-wife show, by the way, that's not what I'm trying to say, but when the wife comes in and says, no, I'm not going to sell it for that, then she's really controlling what's going on here, even though she's never been a part of the discussions. So I told my friend, the realtor, we're just going to take down the rest of these listings because I can't do this. I can't list it for sale, get somebody that wants to buy it, and then have to go back to him and say, oh, I'm sorry. They decided not to sell it after all. That just wastes my time and money, and it's a waste for everybody involved. And that's not what we're trying to do. They would have, the, the realtor and his wife would have made a few bucks, hundreds of dollars, if they had just let us do our thing. But I guess when push came to shove, uh, he got shoved harder than he pushed, I guess. And the bottom line was, nope, I'm not going to let it go for that price. So I think they just, you know, put it in the moving van or whatever in the trucks and hauled it off to their, their new destination. And that's fine. They have the right to do that. But that's one of the negative things that can happen in our business. Sometimes out of good will and good faith, you put something up for sale, you think good things are going to happen, and then lo and behold, somebody surprises you and kind of pulls the rug out from underneath you, and it costs you money and it costs them money and it's a waste of time for the prospective buyer, and we don't want to do that with anybody, right? But that's a rarity. That rarely happens. But if you get into our business and you do what we do, you've just gotten some good pointers over the last hour of what can happen, uh, the money that can be made, the stories that can happen. It's not really so much the money. It's really the joy of watching something change hands and have everybody pleased with the transaction. That's the joy of, that's the fun. And everybody wins all around the table. So anyway, that's the world of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. That's one of the things that, probably the main thing that sets us apart from other companies. I used to be a stockbroker early in my career and I love to find good values and I love to make money for people. And that's just a fun thing to do. And I love to make money for myself. I mean, let's be honest, but it's just a lot of fun to, try to make some money for somebody else, give them some money, and then just, you know, watch them talk. So anyway, that's uh, 
That's a wrap-up for today's show, The World of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. Thanks for listening in. I made it to my destination safe and sound and didn't get a ticket for talking on the phone while I'm cruising down the freeway. Thanks again to Don and Doug Newsom for all the good stuff that they do at BBS Radio. We'll see you next week on the Junk Refund Show, Thursdays at 3. I'm Alan Cook, your host, and if you want to look at some more stories in the meantime, 1-800-JUNKREFUND.COM. Have a great, happy new year, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Junk Refund Show, the longest-running junk removal radio show on the air. Join us next week as we discuss innovative ways to declutter your home, your business, and your life using 20 years of junk removal experience. Find out why we give out free ice cream gift cards to our clients, too. In upcoming shows, we will explore how to get the junk out of your relationships, your spiritual life, your waistline, even your travel life. Plus, call in with questions and situations you would like some help with. At one 800 Junk Refund, we are committed to bringing the next generation of junk removal because not all junk is junk. See you next week on the Junk Refund Show every Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Eastern Time right here on BBS Radio TV.